0: Adam say
1: Hey guys.
0: Um the I just said it. Yeah, you said. So just I was it. just about to get into saying like but we listened to episode two. Yeah, right? we
1: went back and listened to one and two, and uh feel sorry for all you uh, four people that are listening to it. <laughs> we yeah. did, we discovered that uh we have some habits. Yes. Uh Graham, you wanna tell them about your habit?
0: Um right there. yeah I I,
1: I realized in the first intro
0: of episode one, I say um and I, the more I edited it and looked at it and listened to it, I was like, man, like, if if I went onto a podcast and someone said, um, as much as I would, I probably would.
1: You would turn it I off. Would probably turn it yeah. Off. And so Graham says, um, a lot. And mine is a little similar and a little different. I say right a bunch. And so after I say something, I'll go, right, right right and so much so that i've been uh, i started paying attention to myself doing it in every other scenario and setting like we were in a meeting and i realized i was doing it so much and i don't know if you um i don't know what television shows you watch but i love the show gold rush um which is where they're finding gold in all these places and there's a character on gold rush that i've never paid attention to until we recorded episode one and two that says right over and over and over and over again after everything he says and he's from Canada and so his is almost like right a right a and so mine doesn't have the a part but it definitely is the right part so we're kind of sorry about that and then we also (laughs) think that we kind of can't do anything about it so it might just kind of be what it is
0: and to do a little more backstory to (laughs) um a little some more backstory to this episode we actually recorded episode three and four already we did now the problem is the audio sucked.
1: It was horrible and unusable. Uh,
0: it's completely unusable. Um, so ah, oh, there it is yeah. again. So we are now recording three and four again. So this is our second time. Yeah, and take I thought it was I
1: thought it was great too. And so, uh, if this one's not great, then just know that we tried. And so we're trying again, and it'll be what it is. But we left off last week, um, with our last episode, kind of talking through my um call into not into ministry my call to Jesus and so me um, having Jesus come into my life and that early or those early years of becoming a Christian and walking all through that as a young man which led of course to me um, getting married young and uh, getting married at 19 and a half years old and then which is crazy crazy. and then the call into ministry is kind of what happens next in the story um, which is kind of crazy. It doesn't normally happen that way. you know, like most of most of my friends that are pastors were called into ministry as second careers. and so it's usually a much later down the road calling. Um, but mine happened very early. Um, and it just that whole walk with Jesus just kind of continues with the flow of this call into ministry. And so I think that's where we're supposed to be today, right, Graham?
0: Yeah, exactly. The last episode we discussed, um, Adam's early life as a Christian, what is it like being a young, a yeah. young person and a Christian? The answer was a hot mess. And a young mess. Christian yeah. and a hot mess. You know, right. I think we're all at that point. Whenever you know we actually come into relationship with God, we start to realize all the mess and chains. Yeah, that we I have think and you know
1: that's the whole point of this podcast and where yeah. we're going with this in the future is when you look back on these things, you realize how messy this walk is and just being authentic about it and so the more you intentionally do like we're intentionally doing that right now as we talk about the backstory of my life it, the more I look back on it the more I realize that it's just a it's just been a big mess and thank God for Jesus and grace and mercy and and thank God for the guiding of the Holy Spirit um, that is walking through us even though we continue to make mistakes and errors and stuff and so um yeah the call to ministry is pretty crazy actually um it's a pretty insane story i've, I've told it multiple times over the years and different people and settings and every time i do everybody's like this is the craziest story i've ever heard um so it's pretty insane and i don't really know where exactly to start but i'll i'll kind of kick back off and we may end up repeating a little bit from last episode but that's probably okay because there's only six people listening last time anyway and so <laughs> for hey, those of you hey, six, six six now see that's better than okay. four um but for those of you that weren't, you know, Valerie and I, um, I got saved at an early age, and so Valerie and I started dating when I was 14 and a half years old, and um, so when I was about 19 and a half, um, we got married. She's a little bit older than me, so we had to wait till somebody um, got out of college and so we could live, you know, we could actually provide for ourselves, and so we got married at about 19 and a half, um, and we were, uh, we were both very devout Christians at a young age, and so the walk with Jesus was really important to us personally um big part of our lives but as a young married couple you know we were just kind of working spending time together and all that stuff we'd only been married about six months um I think about six months at the most and it was wintertime at this point because we got married in the summer so it was winter time and uh I was working at uh UPS um, you know, moving, moving in and out boxes in and out of trucks. I wasn't the dude in the brown shorts delivering the packages. That was too cool of a job. I was stuck in the truck stacking the boxes, and so I worked there specifically so we would have health insurance because you got free health insurance back then <laughs> when you worked for UPS. So I was working part time, going to school, going to college, um, with no intention whatsoever of being in ministry. I mean, my the pastor that I grew up with. I think I said this last episode too. The pastor I grew up with told me every single day that I saw him that I was going to be a pastor. I mean, he just said it constantly, all the time, you're gonna be a pastor. And I'm like, no, I'm not, right? And that was not my plan at all. And so what I was doing was I was going to school to be, at the very least, a clinical laboratory scientist with kind of wanting to be in the end game, working with diseases and dead people. I wanted to be a pathologist. And so, which is crazy because I'm in ministry now and what I wanted to do, what my heart's desire was, was to be in a lab where nobody spoke, um, (laughs) that there was nobody, and if they were there, they were dead (laughs) or specimens. specimens. And so um, that was my cause. I was was going to school for that, full scholarship student, um, no intention of any of that stuff. And I was working at UPS. And so one night... Um, we didn't have cell phones back then. So one night I'm in there moving boxes around and my supervisor comes up to me and she says, um, your wife is on the way to get you. Your dad is missing. And I'm like, what? And so within a few minutes, Valerie popped up, she picked me up. It's late in the evening. Um, and she said, I think it's maybe seven or eight o'clock at night at this point. It's wintertime. So it's already dark. It's already cold outside. And she was like yeah your dad's missing we don't know what's going on so we rush to my mom and dad's house in caswell county north carolina and um we get there and we realize that he's missing that he was supposed to pick up my brother from school my brother is uh, about six years younger than me so he was you know just a if if a teenager he was only 13. and um My dad was supposed to pick him up from school, and my dad never showed up, which is not like my father. And so my dad is one of those people where you can set your watch by him and not in the neurotic way that I am about time. I'm a freak about time. I'm obsessed with time, and I'm going to make everybody miserable around me um, based on what time it is and when we need to leave, go somewhere. My dad's just cool, calm, and steady. But He's going to be where he says he's going to be. Most of the time he gets there early and just sits and waits because he's just that kind of guy, and so he doesn't show up. and We know that's really, really weird. So at some point my brother – ends up calling family or whatever and realizing that something's wrong and and so when my when me and valerie show up at the house there's a lot of people there and we start scattering out trying to figure out where he is um we go looking in every place that he hunts and dad's a huge hunter that's what he spends all his free time doing or at least he did back then and we go everywhere. So we drive out to further into Caswell County, we drive into Rockingham County, into Pennsylvania County, into Halifax County. I mean, we just drive all over the place for the next several hours. A bunch of us just fan out to try to figure out where he is. And nothing. So we end up back at the house. The police are there and they're asking my mom. They're like, are you sure he didn't leave? Because people do this. They just leave and there's no sign of his vehicle or anything like that. So My mom's like, no. We're all like, no, that ain't him. That's not going to have happened. So something's wrong. We know. And so we got other people looking, and now it's late into the night. It's cold outside. Um, It just seems like something is really, really wrong. And all of a sudden, um, this guy pops up, and he is a volunteer fireman, but he is also the husband to my supervisor at work, who's the one who came and told me that Valerie was coming. And when he pops up, he says, hey, I'm such and such, and – I've been known to find people, and so I'm here to help, which is a crazy thing to say, right? And so, yeah. yeah, just weird, just pop up and be like, "I'm known to find people." We're like, oh. what's your <laughs> <talent>? You're <Yeah. laughs> Right? Well, I'm known to find people. Well, we're, find we got we've got a task for you, and so yeah. me and him are sitting out on the porch at this point, and Valerie's inside with my mom, and and we're just talking and working and looking and that kind of thing, and and then we notice um, that the dog, my mom and dad's dog, is pacing the wood line of their property and of course they live in the middle of nowhere so there's a lot of property and so he's pacing the wood line and the guy who's known to find people looks at me and I look at him he looks at me and then we're like I think he's in these woods and so we just take off we walk about I want to say a mile half mile into the woods and we end up walking right up on my father and he is um covered up with leaves and paralyzed from the neck down, cannot move anything. Um, and it was just it was just crazy. It's, apparently, he had fallen out of the tree. Um, matter of fact, the the stand that he'd fallen out of is one he always told us not to get in, and so I guess that was the reason. And so uh, he's on the ground. He's covered up with leaves because at some point when he first fell, he was able. He knew he was going to be there a while, and so he covered himself up. But now he's completely paralyzed uh, from the neck down, and you know we were just distraught, but we were thankful to find him and. He had driven his truck way back in the woods, and so nobody knew any clue, having any clue where he was. And when I walk up on him, man, I am I am crying, um, you know, I am overcome with emotion, and I am only a nineteen and a half year old kid too, and I am just overcome with emotion. And he's smiling, you know, and like I want to smack him, but you know I don't. He's smiling, and <laughs> and so of course I am like you know, Dad, Dad, and he's like, I am okay, and he says, the words that he's about to say are the words that completely changed my life, and I feel like God was calling me very loudly, directly through the exact words that my father said, and so here's what he said. He said, I could hear you guys the whole night. I could hear you talking, and so I would yell your name for a while, I'd yell your brother's name for a while, I'd yell your mama's name for a while, I'd yell Valerie's name for a while, and I knew that eventually you would hear me, and you'd find me. Mm and it was like god was just speaking directly to me in that moment it was just this moment that changed absolutely everything um where i was i just felt like god was saying that's exactly what i want you to do with your life that i am quietly like the old hymn says tenderly calling and you're going to help people find my find me and hear my voice um it was just crazy. I mean, I could just, it was an amazing moment. I mean, my dad's sitting there, of course, so I'm all emotional with his that, but I really had to, to checked out that point. I could just hear God saying, this is what you're going to do with your life, you know, and it, it was just, it's hard to even put it into words. And so we, of course, you know, everybody comes around, we get him out of there, the life the Lifesaving crew and all that stuff. They end up life-flighting him to a hospital, and, um, and once we get him all settled, within a day I've gone to, uh, the school and decided I'm going to change my major um, and do something, pursue it, something. It just, we knew something had to change right at that moment, that God was speaking in a loud way. And My dad was paralyzed for quite a while. Um, he ended up regaining most of his function back. He's still got some deficits now, but you wouldn't know it unless you knew him. And and God worked miraculously through that. And Literally within a very short period of time, I mean, within a couple of months um at the most i was in full time ministry um along with and in that in that particular ministry my wife was also working full time in that ministry within just a few months and so as this 19 and a half year old 20 year old at this point i think right at 20 years old um was when my dad had had fallen right at 20 years old i was in full time ministry and have been um except for one little stint we'll get into in the next episode um, except for one little stint of about a year, I have been my entire adult life. I've been working in full-time ministry in the church in some respect. Um, And it was just an insane moment where I could just feel God calling me through this ridiculous, crazy, horribly messy situation. Um, And... When we recorded this the first time, that was a fail, right, that nobody's going to hear but us. Yep. <laughs> when we recorded that one the first time and we had to use it, I, I thought to myself, man, I wish I would have said one little piece. Um, and I'm going to say that now uh, since, you know, we get to do it again. We get a chance to say it, say stuff we weren't going to say the first time. And so, you know, it absolutely changed my life. Um, and it didn't just change my life. It changed everybody's life. You know, my my parents were – If you fast forward to now, my parents were involved in us planting this church um, and so many others, but that situation, which is one of those circumstances in life that is hard and horrible. He very easily could have died. He very easily could have been fully paralyzed the whole time, and yet there is this massive amount of goodness that comes out of a situation like that. Um, where you can see that, yes, there's been this thing that's happened. No, I don't think God caused him to fall. I think it's just things like that happen in life. Accidents happen, you know. And But God used it in this profound, profound way, um, and it completely, completely changed my outlook on life, what we were going to be doing. It changed our marriage. We'd only been married six months, and so all of a sudden it was, hey, Valerie's married to a pastor now, and she didn't sign up for that. And, yeah. What's crazy is is that and I'll come back to that part I was going to add. But what's crazy is is Valerie's mama, from the time she was a little kid, had this vision from God, this feeling that her daughter was going to marry a pastor, and she had told people that when when Valerie was little and all that stuff. And then she brings home this skinny fourteen year old kid who wants to work in a lab away from human beings and. Uh, wants to be in the medical field, and she's like, I must have heard God wrong. You know, this must must not be right at all. And But yet, but yet, that's exactly what ended up happening. And it changed so many things for the good in so many ways. But at the same time, um, sometimes we can allow those circumstances to not change us in good ways. And so, for example, my brother, who was only 13 years old when this happened, it sort of pulled him the opposite direction. So I got closer to God in that calling and my brother got further away. Um, It was in that where he just felt lost and why would this happen? Why would this go down this way? And um, the worry and anxiety that all that created on a kid whose father was missing. And, you know, it was just, it caused him to go in the opposite direction quite hardly for a while. And, um, you know, sometimes that, that, that goes down like that. And I think that um, you know, my brother was a Christian, too. He got saved in an early age as well. But there's a lot of messy things that happen in our life, and a lot of them are, you know, we'll talk mostly in this podcast about the messy stuff that we cause, you know, that we create. And I think the majority of the mess that's in our lives, even as Christ followers, comes from things we have done and we've created it, you know. There's a small amount, if you look at the spectrum of things that happen in life, Most of it we caused. Some of it is caused by another sinful person towards us. Some of it just happens because we're in a fallen world. And in a bad, fallen world where there's sin, there's just a degradation of sinfulness that just continues to pile on, and it causes all kinds of chaotic things. But then every now and then, um, which I think this is rare, the fourth one is, is that God does do certain things to get your attention. But for the most part, It's stuff that we've done and cost. And so when I look back on my messy life, like especially when we get into the next episode, in my walk in ministry, you know, some of it was done to me, but the vast majority of it was was me. And um, we have this kind of moment where we can either see the goodness of God and figure out what he's doing with it, or we can kind of run with why did this happen? And we get stuck into, you know, a a mode of why did this go down? And you could just see the kind of the difference. And so... A lot of times our messy walks coming from stuff that we do, but then sometimes it's stuff that just happens and it's all about how we react to it and respond to it and what we do with it. And so okay. my brother and I kind of went in different directions on that. Um, and it was just one, it's just one of those ones it happens all the time, all around us all the time. But this was one where we could just see it so clearly because it was such a clear moment of, you know, I'm going, I, I know God's calling me and this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. And then it happening so quickly, you know, like. So fast, of within a couple of months, me being into full time ministry, it was just insane how fast that went down. And um, you know, I don't know. It's just it's just interesting how God works and calls us. But if you look through all the call stories in Scripture, and which is virtually, I mean, they're just they're endless. There's just tons and tons and tons of times where you will see God calling an individual to this. We would use the word ministry, but towards this calling, this purpose in their lives, even if it's just a temporary purpose or it just for a season or if it's this long purpose for a very long time, um, every time you look at those, they all come from, all of them come from some sort of messy, hot mess situation, walk that the people are struggling with or a circumstance that hits them in particular. I mean, it all comes from that. Um, and if there's one call story that I relate to the most, especially as we've we'll talk through my, my, this issue with my father, um, it's it's the call on Simon's life, who we know is is Peter, that Jesus ends up renaming him Peter. Um, because Simon meets Jesus with this promise of i'll make you fishers of men right And so jesus mm-hmm. ends up finding these dudes and they're fishing They they suck at it they're no good and yeah. he helps them catch all these fish and he's like hey there's more to life than this and so i'll make you fishers of men and there and it's a it's a call to a young simon a young peter um and so he's he's pumped about it because he's not going to be this lowly fisherman so he's walking with jesus now and and Jesus even gives him this new name, right? And he's got this new name, and it's Peter. You know, he's going, I'm, "You're the the rock. I'm gonna build my church." You know, all this stuff. And um, Peter, no doubt, feels like he's gonna be somebody in Jesus. But then, you know, you got like three little years later, where Peter denies Jesus multiple times. He denies Jesus to a middle school girl. You know, and that's pretty bad because you know, if you can't stand up to a middle school girl with your faith, you're in trouble. Because all you got to do is is You know, take her cell phone away or something and she'll flip out. I mean, it's easy. It's easy to win a battle with a middle school girl. Um, But then, you know, he watches Jesus die and he doesn't just see Jesus die, but he sees all his dreams of who he was going to be in Christ die. And so, you know, it starts off so young and so innocent. Um, And I feel like with me, that was a call too. It was this, I knew Jesus at an early age. And I, of course, didn't lean into the calling, but it was this, you know, God loves me. He sent his son for me, and there's a bigger purpose in this world, period. And then, you know, you get older, and you kind of go your own way, and it's like, no, I'm going to do this instead. And with Peter, um, Peter runs away, and he's hiding, and he basically has no purpose anymore, and it's just, you know, well, all, I gotta, all I'm got, going to be is a fisherman now because all my hopes are dashed, and so he just goes back to fishing again. And And Jesus suddenly appears there again after resurrection, And ends up, you know, doing the same cast your net thing with him and they catch a bunch of fish and they end up around this campfire and all this stuff. And then Jesus says to Peter that I feel like was almost exactly what God was saying to me with my dad laying in those woods. He says, Simon, Peter, do you love me? And his reply back, of course, is yes. And he asks this question three times. And I think a lot of times God ends up asking us his questions multiple times because, um, not because he needs us to assure him of our answer, but because we need to be clear on, here's what I'm saying to you. Be clear about what you're saying back. And you ask him three times, do you love me? And his reply every time is the same thing. He's like, if you love me, then feed my sheep. You know, and it's just this idea that that call story relates to me so much, this idea of God is calling his people, he's calling his children, And somebody's got to help them hear it, you know? Somebody's got to help them hear it. And for me, that's what God wanted me to do from the beginning. Um, There was a time period of running away from it for sure, a time period of running towards what I wanted to do and being focused on uh, things that I thought were more important, like my relationship and my marriage and, you know, all that kind of stuff and being a young man and college and school and jobs and, you know, a career trajectory and but all along, God was still, you know, calling back to, no, you're, you're going to feed my sheep. You're, gonna, you're going to help them hear me calling them. And, the, the, you know, the sheep, what they trust more than anything um, in this period of, of Jesus and, you know, in this culture um, of shepherds and sheep and all this kind of stuff, what they, what they trust more than anything is the voice of the shepherd, and, and I don't think it's any coincidence that he's asking Peter, you know, if you love me, feed my sheep, because he's calling them. Yeah. And they trust the voice of the shepherd more than anything. And so, you know, that's what God was doing in my life. And, and he picked a crazy character to do this. He picked a crazy character in Peter. Peter is is a little nuts. I mean he, he's he's hot headed he says stuff he shouldn't say he flies all over the map and when he picked me he picked a crazy character too he picked this 19 and a half year old 20 year old kid um, who hadn't really I mean I love Jesus and i followed him in my life but my walk with him as an early Christian like we talked about last episode was, was not perfect by any means and it had a lot of flaws in it and he picked me um, and I don't think that's I don't think that's special I think he's doing that with everybody that's the whole point like it no matter what your walk looks like no matter how messy it is how weird it is whether it's a call into ministry at 20 years old or it's this call into ministry as a second career like a lot of my friends and colleagues have regardless he's still calling like he does with all these call stories in scripture he's still calling people who have absolute messy hot mess train wreck walks with God all of us are the same in that respect yeah. The cause may be a little different. The messiness may be a little different. There may be some heavy stuff on your um on your walk with Jesus that you have done. Um and you're heavy on that. And yours could be are those there's a lot of people where what it's heavy on is what's been done to you and what's been what you know, what uh, some other sinful person has caused into your life. But either way, he's calling messy people. And I think at the end of the day that the, the same calling is there, whether it's whether it's you know, flushed out in, excuse me, fleshed out in, um, in professional full-time ministry, or if it's fleshed out in these are the areas that I serve in this is the call of my life and I have some secular job, either way, it's the same thing. Um, he is going to call us to help other people hear and follow his voice, not ours. And in those woods, I think what he was doing with me he was also doing with my whole family at the same time was you know we're we're not following adam we're following god you know you're not following you anymore adam you're following me and my voice i'm the shepherd and so it was a pretty crazy story and it's still extremely impactful to me when i tell it um and still kind of sad a little bit too you know from that situation but there's so much goodness that came out of it it's just absolutely insane and um and i want to i want to Every day I feel that kind of call, not every day, that's too much, uh, that's too far, right? But almost every day I feel this sense of God asking me new every morning, do you love me? Hmm. And then me saying back, yeah. Um, And then the pushback is, then feed my sheep. And even though I wake up multiple times a week um, having screwed up in major ways, in my personal walk, in my marriage, in my leadership, in being a father—oh my goodness—I cannot count how many mistakes I've made in being a father. He wakes me up new every day with this sense of, "Do you love me?" Yeah. Then feed my sheep. And even though you know, I, you almost feel that sense. Like you can almost feel Peter going, "Feed your sheep," but I've screwed up so bad. Yeah. And I, that's how I feel sometimes in the morning. Feed your sheep, but. I screw up so bad. And he's like, I know. Um, that's not out of the question. There's a purpose in that. There's a purpose in all those mess-ups and all those screw-ups and how I'm going to, to work with that, work through that, work in it. And I think he wants to work in it and through it more than anything else. He's not eliminating those things. They're they're there. All right? He, he's he's just walking with us in it. Like God's not eliminating the pain of this life. But there's a promise sealed in Jesus that he's going to be in it with us right in the middle of it and you know when jesus says in john sixteen thirty three, take heart i've overcome the world Like in this world you will have trouble but take heart i've overcome the world what he's saying is is i've overcome this separation issue between you and god and i'm here right in the middle of it i'm with you in the midst of the troubles that you will have in this world and so with that being said most of those troubles we cause and so he knows that and he utilizes it and so the messy walk to me um, is the perfect offering. Um, this this painful, sin, sin-riddled walk that we have with Jesus, it is the best offering. You lay that thing, that authentic, real mess, right at his lap, and that's the offering of your life to him, as gross as it is. And through the perfection of Jesus, we're made right, but then through the grace and mercy of Christ, he's using that in ways that are literally, absolutely in every single way, helping people hear his voice, feeding his sheep. And, you know, that's that's basically my call to ministry. And we, we spend some time going forward in the next episode talking through, like, how that starts to play out in actual sure. full-time ministry. Yeah. And that is a much bigger mess than the one I just described. So.
0: Yeah, well, we've already talked about everything, you know, because we already recorded this Yes, one, we already so did it. I'm excited to hear it again. But uh, thank you guys for listening to episode three. Yeah, thank um, you so much for our take two. Hopefully, uh, we don't have to record this one again. <laughs> Hopefully it, not. This so is it. And, two, you know, all
1: six there. of you. Thank you for listening.
0: <laughs> yeah, and those two of you that are listening from Europe, we uh, very much appreciate you, your money's you on the way. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, Stay tuned for episode four where we'll be getting into Adam's more of um, Adam's story into getting into ministry and details in that and his early marriage as well. Yeah. We'll talk to you you soon. soon. Thanks for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a great week.